this is kind of like a secret shame and a hidden secret that has never been touched. I've done intensive therapy and stuff, never once even touched this. My secret is that as a man, I have intense body shame. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to go to your grave with, or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is West. Now, West, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? My secret is that as a man, I have intense body shame. Really? Really, yes. So how how long has this been going on? I would say probably since at least 10, if not before. And so many, many years. So 10 years old. 10 years old, yeah. You already wanted out of the body that was given to you is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. Did something happen? Like I gained a bunch of weight as a kid and then kids would make fun of me. And I think that's kind of like, you know, uh, like as a kid, I gained like 10 or 20 pounds or something when I was 10 years old. And then like when I would run, my cheeks would jiggle or something and then they would like make fun of me. And that was kind of like the beginning of like being self-conscious about it and worried about what I looked like and all of that. And it just never really got better. It only got worse. Wow. What were some of the things kids said to you back then? Um, uh, wow. This is, this is, <laughs> this is all way too embarrassing. Like even at like, so, cause I was very active, right? So I gained some weight as a kid, but I lost all that weight. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was a pretty normal body weight and I would like ride my bike several miles a day. And I was on a tennis team. Mm-hmm. And even when I had my shirt off, like on the tennis team, I guess had like a higher percentage of body fat or something. Somebody said like he has girl nipples or something like that. (gasps) Yeah. And it was just like, I was just so embarrassed all the time. So did you feel like you were not, because for me, I've always been thin too, but I, I never was one of those people that had a six pack ab or an eight pack ab. Like it is my body just doesn't create that kind of muscle mass. Are, Are you in the same boat? Like you were all just like a little, like more skin. <laughs> no, but like for me, like my stomach, it could be flat, but it still, there's no like definition. Yes. Yeah, I think so. 
it's, it was never really easy for me. Like I got strong at several periods, but I never really got like, like super muscular or anything. So I just, I was never like super toned or anything like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, that's me too. Like I'm never super toned. I I was doing triathlons, you know what I mean? And, you know, and so I was like, I, I wasn't, I had no ex, I didn't have any, any extra weight, but I still wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, you see those people who are like 3% body, but I was never, you know, I was just always just, I had just a little extra around the edges that I didn't. Yes. Like your pants, you just have like a little bit of skin that comes over your like jeans a little bit. And you're like, but I'm not like, I I can't get rid of that. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't even know how. This is making me feel so much better about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like I'm the only person that, well, my husband and I like to say, we're those type of people that look better in clothes than out of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Like people think we're always like in good shape because we look good in clothes, but really we're like... Not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and the thing that's most embarrassing about it is it's like, it's really not that unacceptable for like, it's almost like de rigueur that women have body shame. It's like very publicized. And oh, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, they a- put it in magazines. They talk about it. We say like how much we hate our bodies. <laughs> There's no guys who talk about this. There's no guys who talk about like, yeah, it just doesn't. And so it's just like, talk about feeling totally alone with something and like, having sort of nowhere to go. And like, I'm in Overeaters Anonymous, right? Because I you know, definitely have a problem eating too much. And so I'm in those rooms. None of those guys are even talking. No, not even- Really? Those- Nobody, talk- no, guys just do not talk about it, period. And that's why I think it's remained, you know, because it's like, you know, when we talked about it, it took me a minute to go like, yeah, this is kind of like a secret shame and a hidden secret that has never been touched. I've done intensive therapy and stuff, never once even touched this. So it's like, it's, it's so embarrassing to talk about. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's actually no, making... No, trust me, it is. <laughs> well, it's, on the other side, listening to you, it makes me feel like I'm not alone. And yes, I do have other women that we all like critique ourselves or like, eh, like I had the donut. Like we do all do that, but still, it's still this shame that lives inside and having you as the opposite sex say the same thing. It makes me feel like I'm not crazy and that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I definitely have some, I guess, I guess the technical term is like body dysmorphia. So it's like, I've lost the ability to really even see myself objectively. Right. Do you sometimes stand and look in the mirror and like, I try not to. I can't. I can't take it. It's just the criticism that comes up is just so intense that I just that I kind of avoid that as much as possible. You know, I like I look in the mirror to go like, all right, do I have food in my teeth or anything like that before I get ready for work and to make sure I look presentable. And it's like, okay, yeah, fine, but that's a very cursory kind of thing. It's like my shirt's not too wrinkled and you know all of that. But you know, I mean, when I do and I do, especially like I was working out a lot recently and I was getting my my body fat percentage was getting lower. And so I was spending more time than going like, but the, there's that illusion too of like, when I get to this place, then I will accept my body. But I was, you know, like just recently, I was down to like three pounds lighter than I was in college. You know what I mean? So- And did you feel any different? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like there's just no- there's no, so it's just like, it's something else. It's some, you know, it is some kind of like mental illness or something. I, don't know. I think it is because I even remember at a very young age, what I would see in the mirror wasn't what other people were seeing. And my husband still to this day, I'm like, oh, I've gained a couple. And he's like, 
I don't know what you're looking at. Like, he's like, I don't see, I think you have some kind of like filter over your eyes. Do you yeah. remember, did your parents have that? Or did, did, do you remember where that came from? Cause I don't know where that came from. My dad was extraordinarily critical of physical appearance. Oh, yeah. so absolutely. Like he criticized my mom whenever she was overweight, she would like, one of the first things he would say to us, like if he hadn't seen us in a while or even to my sister, like he, he would mention weight or something like in the first minute easily, you know, that was it's just something he looked at. So I became ultra conscious about that sort of thing. You know? Is your, is your sister ultra conscious about that too? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was ingrained in you to like always be aware of your appearance or your weight. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be overweight at all, it was like sinful, you know, like a deep, dark, like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Wow. I wonder where that came from with your dad. Do you know if his, his mom or his dad was overweight? I, I really don't know. I mean, I knew his mother, which was my grandmother, and she wasn't like obese or anything, but, you know, it was a different time. You know, she wasn't like lean or cut, you know, she's like a grandma in the 1970s or something like that. So it's like, and his dad died pretty young, but I don't think he was overweight. How, how young did his dad die? I mean, how old was he when his dad died? Between 45 or 50 or something like that. Your dad was 45, 50? Um, no, his dad died at 45. He was, <laughs> he was hit by an oncoming car driving with his mistress. No. Isn't that effed up? Yeah. Is that how your mom found out he had a mistress or did she always know? That was his, uh, I don't even know. I mean, that was my, that was my dad's dad. Well, my, I mean, my dad had a mistress. <laughs> your dad did too? Yeah. I mean, like father, like son, but wow. it was with his, it was, it was with his best friend's wife. So it blew up our entire life. Like we saw them every weekend and hung out with them. They were like family to us and they had slept together and the whole thing. Like we'd like never talked to them, uh, any of them ever again. It was just like, so he died. Okay. Your dad. Yeah. I don't want to confuse the two stories. My dad's still alive. Yeah. Okay. There's your grandfather and there's your dad. Your dad had a mistress of family best friend and your grandfather had a mistress and did they both die? The mistress and him in the car accident? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Did you have a mistress? Do you have a mistress? No, no. I you didn't I go down that path. Girl. No, and I don't. I don't have that thing. Like I'm happily married, and I'm I'm not interested in <laughs> anything other than that. So that's 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 at least one one load off my mind. You got check mark. <laughs> but I definitely had a bunch of that stuff rolling around because it was in my you know it happened with my dad. But I got myself straight on that and picked the right person. So that's all good. So thank God. So now instead you're just self hating a little bit all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it's just, it's something that's kind of like really buried. Like I just, like I came off five years of being really happy and, and like good, but this was just kind of shoved down. It was like, I was, it's just something I've always been able to just kind of like push down and just kind of not think about, but it's just kind of always been there. So when you, we talked about this, I was just like, Ooh, God, like, what do I don't want to talk about? <laughs> well, like, here's my question for you. What is, what I just like, let's get in your mind for a second. What are the things you tell yourself when those moments, if you look in the mirror or you feel something on your body, like, what do you say to yourself? Well, uh, I'm disgusting. Mm. I'm horrible. You know, it's like, yeah, yuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not good. You know, Mine, mine always seem to go to like, I'm not going to be loved. 
Hmm. It always attaches to that. Whenever I like hate something about myself, it's always like, I'm not going to be accepted for exactly how I am. I think, I think a lot of it for me is that like as a kid, I didn't understand maybe why people didn't like me more. (laughs) And so then I don't know if this is like via my dad, but I don't understand why he didn't like me more kind of thing. And so I had... I just kind of made up some things as a kid or things popped into my head and I just assumed they must be true. It must be because I'm horrible and bad and awful kind of thing, you know? And it's very possible that that, the body dysmorphia is just the outer layer of that anyway, like taking that and putting that out into the physical as a, you know, to make it not, like if somehow I were to fix that, I'd be fine. Yeah. It's probably an even deeper thing of like, I just feel at my core, like, but I, you know, I've been wondering about that lately. Is it just, did I just decide that because he didn't seem to think I was that great? It wasn't that he said that, those things to me. He didn't say bad things to me, but his disapproval was very clear in lots of ways. And, you know, deep down, it took me a lot of years to realize that he really did love me, but just had no way of showing it. And so as a kid, I just took all that stuff and all the criticism and the looks and all that and sort of made up this really horrible story. And I wonder if I did it just as a self-protection of like, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm just going to kind of hide away because then I can sort of reject myself before other people reject me. Completely, completely. And I always think when a, when somebody loses a parent, they then don't know how to parent. For my father, his dad died when he was 13 years old. He drowned in the ocean. And sometimes when I have had moments with my dad, I have to remember, as a kid, I didn't remember and I'd like self-sabotage or, you know, find something wrong with myself. And now I'm thinking he didn't have the role model And I feel like that happens a lot generationally. They just don't have the capacity or understand how to parent correctly. Yeah, my dad's generation too is very like (laughs) the John Wayne approach to like, you don't have feelings, you don't show emotion. You know, if, if a woman gets out of line, you just give her a good smack and kids are to be, you know, Seen, not Seen, heard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny because because I was just looking at that. It was just some kind of inventory or something. And I, I saw that. I went, oh, my strategy for living was the same I had with my dad. If I was in my room reading, then I wa- wasn't underfoot and I wasn't going to get a smack. So it's like, that's how I live my life. So it's like, just better just to, to not put myself out there because I don't want to get hit, rejected. Yeah, rejected, <laughs> abandoned. <laughs> All the, all of the above. Yeah. So how are you, I mean, I have so many questions because I think I deal with the same issue, obviously I said. So how are you getting through that on a day-by-day basis? Well, it's kind of, it's really just starting to sort of come to light, I think. Was there a moment recently where it, like a light bulb went off, like something happened? Yeah, but that's embarrassing to talk about too. So, um, is that the idea to like just talk about everything that's embarrassing? Um, so, yeah. So I mentioned I'm in OA, right? So I like mm-hmm. with the whole COVID thing, I kind of started over. And in so doing, I was having a lot of trouble, you know, because like in AA, it's like they say you're bodily and mentally different. And I had a lot of time accepting from the overeater standpoint, which I definitely am. Like sugar is this bad drug for me. Um mm-hmm but that I'm sort of bodily different. Like I didn't want to accept that. And then I, the realization was, it's like, oh no, I can't be bodily different because if I'm bodily different, then I can't change this. And if I can't change this, then I'm going to be this horrible monster my whole life. Oh. I have to be able to change how I look because it's too awful and all of that, right? So, so what I, I learned is part of my like unwillingness to surrender is just because this deep need to try to 
control. But and and I guess the the realization in all of this is just like how badly I'm want to and I'm trying to sort of like get love outside of me. You know, like that's kind of what it's just the obvious thing that's underneath it. It's just like I care so much what other people think about me. You know, yeah. much again, another embarrassing thing to admit. But the, so the whole thing is just embarrassment on top of embarrassment on top of embarrassment. But that's but there it is. <laughs> but listen, I mean, I can I bet so many listeners right now, and for me myself, feel these exact feelings in different ways. You know, everybody has their different thing, but we all want to be loved. We all want to be liked, and you know. And, and adored. We do as humans. So mm-hmm. I'm sure people listening aren't thinking it's embarrassing. I'm not on this side. Yeah. So I do want, you know, this secret, this secret of body shaming and all that goodness. I like to attach these seven deadly sins, you know, what they are attached to. So here they are. We got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. Yeah. Well, I mean, pride is... I care so much what other people think about me. Is that is that is that right or is that vanity? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's pride because it's your ego's attached. Yeah, so I think it is ego. It's like it's a very unhealthy ego attachment, you know, to I guess what other people think about me. Isn't that what pride is? Yeah. Yeah, pride is what do other people think about me? Yeah, and that it's all about you. It's like this grandiose all about you. Yeah, I mean, it really is self-obsession. It's not, you know, concerned with self, so... Okay, pride, one. One one down. One down. Six more to go. Greed. Uh, We got greed, lust, gluttony. Greed. greed. It's just like, I guess that's like, you know, we were talking about to be adored. It's like almost like the greediness in terms of like, I want to be, I don't want to just be loved. I want to be like applauded and, and, you know, and admired from afar. So I want someone to be too intimidated to come up to me because I'm so great that they are, you know, like that's, I'd say that's pretty greedy. My whole thing, I I used to say when I was like really young, I was like, I want to be put on a pedestal. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody can touch you on a pedestal. You know, that's right. Like, you're unreachable. So to be loved from afar. Yeah, I I love that. I love that yeah. totally. So then, lastly, we have envy, anger, and sloth. Envy. Well, I mean, a big part of it is definitely a comparison thing. So somebody else is better, and I'm worse. So you can't kind of can't do it without comparing. To somebody else. So there's definitely envy there. Other people were just sort of blessed with, as you were talking about, like genes where they can get the six pack more easily or, you know, or just naturally more handsome or whatever. So there's envy. Do you have the, the compare and despair thing is what I like to call it. Like that's my main character defect. Do you find yourself, do you go on social media or Instagram? Because I can't, I cannot look at those bikini pictures are people posing in their bikinis? You will never no. see me do that. Does that affect you? I mean, I, I, you know, I stay off social media just period because it's just, yeah, it's not a, not a healthy place for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a healthy place for anybody. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, yeah, I definitely have that. I definitely like, you know, it's unattainable. But then I have moments where I'm like really working toward that kind of thing and thinking like I could get there and like, you know, I can get lean because like, I was pumping a lot of iron and, you know, and, and getting a lot stronger just right up until the whole COVID thing and then it all just kind of fell apart. But uh, yeah, definitely have to compare. I don't know if that's my chief character defect. Um, oh, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their 
yeah. different cross to bear. I forget what mine is. I think like know-it-all is like up there for me. Right. You got all the answers. You're the... <laughs> um, so who do you think this secret that you've been holding has harmed and who has it benefited? Um, who has it harmed? Well, it's harmed me, but um, has it harmed my son? Has it affected him? I don't know. I think that's always the thing with these things is we think we're not harming others or we don't see the harm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's affected my wife. You know, I'm sure it's affected our intimacy. Mm-hmm. At some point it must have, you know, um, but she's got the same thing too. So we kind of relate to that. She's probably the one person I can talk to about it and not feel quite as ashamed because she gets it. Do you think that there's times when you both feel the same way and you're, you're like not comfortable in your own skin that it keeps you guys from being intimate? Absolutely. One of the ways we mirror each other, you know, it's just both intense body hatred and shame. And she's very physically fit and she works out every day. And do you think your son sees those patterns in the household? He can't not. Yeah. He can't not. It's not, it'd be impossible. So I guess it's harming him. Quite. <laughs> Listen, we're all human, man. We all have flaws. I don't even want to know what my son sees right now. <laughs> uh, I like, I, you know, it's funny because, and I, this is neither here nor there, but it's like, I see how oftentimes it's like I want to like try to transcend to just this, all this humanity stuff and just try to get to like peace above the earthly plane to not have to deal with this, you know, the ups and downs that flashes air to. Kind of thing. Oh my God. I love that. That's something to shoot for. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm almost there. Um, well, here's, here is my last question for you. Yes. And this is going to be your favorite question. Cause I can just tell. I already don't like it. How are you going to move forward in the future? Well, I mean, there's really only one way, and that's like self-love and self-acceptance, which is a really mixed bag for me. On the one hand, earlier in my life, that was something that was like one of my first kind of spiritual awakenings or really big breakthroughs in life. I sort of like found like the Louise Hay stuff and was Mm -hmm. really kind of going after that and loving myself and all of that. And then I found a lot of different tools, 12-step and different things, and really kind of set that down. And, you know, for the last 10 years, my higher power has been telling me to, to love myself, and I have not listened at all. You're like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, but I got stuff to no. do. Like, I, I got to do stuff. Yeah, it's like, no, it's like, I get it. Yeah, that's good. It's just, that seems very remedial. I'm on these advanced things over here. <laughs> but just recently, it's really come to that. It's like, um, you know, somebody's telling me to like, strip and look in the mirror every day and like, like give myself love and acceptance, which is like, just, that's just like the worst. Oh, that sounds horrible to me. (laughs) Horrible, horrible. Um, And it's just like, I see how hard it is to give myself any love or acceptance. You know, it's just like, Um, so that's it. That's the path forward. So that's what I have to do. It's like that, or I just suffer with it for the rest of my life. It's my choice kind of thing. So, um, and I think, you know, I think God will definitely meet me halfway on that. I don't think I have to sort of do it all alone, but I have to be willing to give myself some self-love. So are we, are we done yet? (laughs) You you guys should see his face. He like is over me so much right now. Yes, we can be done. Oh, Thank you for coming on. I know this is a very hard topic for you to talk about. And I think for anybody to talk about, and I think we just have to have compassion for ourselves and love ourselves no matter what we look like on the outside. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome very much. 
And if you want to be a guest on the show, since he made it sound so fun, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. It really was terrific. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you.